gospel reading for this morning comes from Matthew's gospel beginning in the ninth chapter at the 35th verse and Matthew wrote these things. Then Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed their diseased bodies, healed their bruised and hurt lives. And when he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest, he said to his disciples. How few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. And the prayer was no sooner prayed than it was answered. Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the ripe fields. He gave them power to kick out the evil spirits and to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. And this is the list of the twelve he sent. Simon, they called him Peter or Rock. Andrew, his brother. James, Zebedee's son. John, his brother. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the taxman. James, son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite. And Judas Iscariot, who later turned on him. And Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far-off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood and tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh God, we know that you call not only the very gifted people, but even common folk like us to be Jesus' disciples and to share good news. So please give us the courage and determination and devotion to you that will equip us to be storytellers in a world that longs for better news. Open our ears, our minds, and our hearts to your word for us this day. Amen. The guy stopped in the grocery store on his way home from work to pick up a couple of items for his wife. And he wandered around aimlessly for a while, searching out the needed groceries. And is often the case in the grocery store, he kept passing the same shopper in almost every aisle. And it was another father trying to shop with a totally uncooperative three-year-old boy in his cart. Well, the first time that they passed, the three-year-old was asking over and over and over again for a candy bar. And our observer couldn't hear the entire conversation. He just heard Dad say, now, Billy, this won't take long. And as they passed in the next aisle, the three-year-old's pleas had increased several octaves. And now Dad was quietly saying, Billy, just calm down. We'll be done in a minute. And when they passed near the dairy case, the kid was screaming uncontrollably, and Dad was still keeping his cool. And in a very low voice, he was saying, Billy, settle down. We're almost out of here. And the dad and his son reached the checkout counter just ahead of our observer. 
and he still gave no evidence of losing control, and the boy was screaming and kicking, and Dad was very calmly saying over and over, Billy, we'll be in the car in just a minute, and then everything will be okay. Well, the bystander was impressed beyond words, and after paying for his groceries, he hurried to catch up to this amazing example of patience and self-control, just in time to hear him say again, Billy, we're done. It's going to be okay. And he tapped the patient's father on the shoulder and said, Sir, I couldn't help but watch how you handled little Billy. You were amazing. And the dad replied, Well, his name is Wesley. I'm Billy. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> so Jesus looks around, has compassion on the people, and decides that it's time for him to send his followers out. It's time, folks, to play on the road. You see, playing at home is supposed to be easy. You're supposed to guard your home field and not allow anyone to come in and beat you at home. You're familiar with the surroundings. That's why sportscasters often refer to your home field, stadium, court as the friendly confines. You're supposed to know the funny angles on the outfield wall, the dead spots on the floor, the way the wind whips around off of Lake Erie. You also have the advantage at home because others come to you. You don't have to get up early and travel. You can sleep in your own bed and follow your home routine. Plus, you play in front of your own fans. They will be loud. They will be for you instead of against you. They will be vocal. Playing at home is usually much easier than playing on the road. And being able to take the game on the road and still win is what separates men from boys. Being able to deal with unfamiliar surroundings, a different routine, long hours on a plane or a bus, and unfriendly fans. On the road, you are booed. Now you aren't celebrated, you're harassed. Expect to be heckled. No cheers, this is life on the road. But you're expected to win at home. I think Jesus realized this in the life of his disciples and followers and in our reading for today he speaks with the original team of 12 and he gives them traveling orders. It is really a road trip pep talk. And in this passage, Jesus explains how to play on the road. Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, you're on your home turf right now. You should be able to figure out how to win here. Discipleship should always be easiest here. You are in familiar surroundings. You have fans here that love you and cheer for you and want to believe the best about you. But I want you to be a little bit challenged this morning because it isn't enough to just play well here. What about out there? If we can't take and transfer what happens in here and get it out there, we have challenges. The church must be able to take the game on the road and win. 
We need to be able to play on the road. If we can only pray here, if we can only sing here, if we can only fight off the enemy here, if we can only find peace here, then we are missing something very important. I believe that Jesus expects his team to be able to play and win on the road. So we need to travel light. And most of us are so weighed down by so many issues, debt, depression, relationship issues, fear, pettiness, lack of attention to our own spirituality, our own egos, that we just can't travel. And we can't win because we can't even move. We're just plain weighed down. But Jesus says, travel light. And some of what slows us down and needs to be put aside is just weight, burdens, pains, problems. And we need to take the opportunities in here to get rid of all that stuff so that when you leave, you can travel light. And we need to pray about being on the road. Pray that God will send harvesters out. And I think eventually we all ought to be willing to go out into the harvest. But Jesus must have realized that we might hesitate to go on the road, so he calls us to pray that we will go. And we must pray not only that we will go, but that we will have teammates who will also join us. Prayer is essential preparation for a road game. And we need to recognize the road game that we play in our own neighborhood. I think we've become, I think we've come to think that playing on the road means going halfway around the world. And Jesus said, don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. Go to the lost, confused people right here in your own neighborhood. So folks, when you see lost, confused people, you are on the road. Game on. And we need to be expecting hostile fans. You are lambs going out to play with wolves. So don't expect everybody to be excited about you showing up at the game. Because wolves, they do wolvy things. They bite, they intimidate, they scowl, they snarl, they attack, and they run in packs. Expect it. You will be taunted, booed, jeered, ridiculed. Because folks attack what they don't understand. You will make them uncomfortable. But above all, play in peace. Because Jesus tells us that everywhere we go should be marked by peace. According to Matthew, when we come into contact with folks, our peace should overtake them. And some will accept that peace and others will not. But that is not the point. The point is that when you walk into work, peace should walk in with you. And peace does not mean lack of conflict. It means we bring broken pieces, people, places together. So today as we celebrate Father's Day and remember our dads, we also remember and celebrate God. Remember, please, that you have been given a gift of life 
that cannot be taken away. And God only asks faith in return. And because of that faith, maybe a willingness to play a game or two on the road, that others might come to find their true home. Thanks be to God. Amen.